0: Moms, are you overwhelmed by the aggressiveness of the left? What about their conviction that they know better than you what's best for your children? Well, today, popular author, speaker, podcaster, and Bible study leader, Heidi St. John, joins us to share her vision for moms and how we can get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Buckle up, moms. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Hi moms, I'm Debbie Corlin your host and thank you once again for joining us today. Right here on the top of the show, I always want to invite you to like, subscribe, and share a podcast with all your mama friends. Please help us in spreading the word and sharing our great content. We've got a lot of it and we want to get the word out. So please join us. Also, we do want to invite you here on the top of the show to join our movement here at Moms for America. Have you joined us at Moms for America? Well, we surely hope that you will because we have a special sisterhood all across the country. We are moms that are uniting all across the country, all across America to fight for faith, family, freedom, and the constitution. You can check out all of our programs, all of our resources, uh, everything that we have available for you in your journey through motherhood at MomsForAmerica.us. Again, that's MomsForAmerica.us. Also, when you stop by our uh, website there, would you please sign up for our newsletter? This is how we can provide great resources and information uh, and help you in your home and with your kids and with your family. So please go ahead and sign up for our newsletter. Uh, That comes out every week. It's awesome. Already on to today's program. Heidi St. John joins us today, and I am super excited that she is going to be joining us on the Moms for America podcast. I spoke with Heidi a few months ago, and she is a real dynamo. You'll see that when I have this discussion with her today. But more than that, our hearts really connected over a shared commitment to helping moms. Uh, Heidi has a huge following of moms who connect with her on one or more of her many platforms. She has a blog, a podcast titled Off the Bench, which she'll be talking about. She's the author of many books for moms, and she's created a powerful online Bible study that she's going to talk about today. She has so much to share with us. She is so inspiring, uh, and I'm just so excited to welcome her to the podcast. Well, welcome, Heidi. We're so glad to have you on the Moms for America podcast. I cannot wait to uh, get this conversation going.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: All right, Heidi, we talked last month a little bit, getting to know each other. And Now that I say, say your name to everyone, I knew of you, but now so many people really have got a nice fan base and Moms America, we are fans as well, because we love moms like you that are making a difference all across the country, in your home, in your community. And, and I can't wait to have everybody hear your story, but tell us a little bit about your family. How many kids do you have? What's your tribe like? So
1: my tribe is big. <laughs> um, I have uh, my husband and I have seven children. We're coming up on thirty-four years of marriage, so we have seven children and uh, four grandchildren now. So, uh, my oldest daughter is in her early thirties, and our youngest is twelve. So we've been, you know, out here doing the thing for uh, a long time, and it's 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 it's, a, it's an it's a journey. So I'm a mom first. People ask me, "What do you do? What do you do?" I'm a mom first. Uh, that's the thing I'm the most passionate about.
0: Absolutely. And seven kids, did you always want to have seven or did it just happen? (laughs) No, I, I did. I think it's the people ask me that all the time.
1: It's like this cross between, you know, it didn't just happen, but we did not, I for sure did not always want to have seven children. My husband actually came from a family with seven children. Uh, My husband came from a family with two. And so we'd sort of, you know, early in our marriage sort of reached this compromise. We'll have four children. And so God was good to us. He gave us two girls and then two boys. And then we had like a a genuine surprise. Our number five was a genuine surprise. Like, wow, now we're not going to fit in the corner booth at Red Robin anymore. What are we going to (laughs) do? And, uh, and it, something happened, I think in my heart at that point, right around there, uh, where I just was realizing, I think the Lord, I think God really did this just gave me a heart for family and my husband too. and, Mm. Uh, and we began to really pray about having more children, and and God was gracious. I had my last uh, daughter when I was in my 40s, so. Yeah. You know, people say, you know, as soon as you're what, 30 in this country or 33 or whatever, they start calling you advanced maternal age. And it's such a bunch of garbage. You know, you, you go to the to the doctor and you tell them you're pregnant, like, oh, we're 35, you know, bring in the gurney. She's not gonna be able to walk through the rest <laughs> of her pregnancy. Uh, and uh, I like to tell people like right. my, my, one of my very best pregnancies was in my forties. So, uh-uh. uh,
0: so I love that. Yeah. Well, I didn't have a baby in my forties, but my mom had me at 42. So very, I always look, like, look
1: how beautiful you are. So yeah. see,
0: You know, those, those surprises are the best. I always tell everyone. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to your story is so, so amazing and so inspirational, but along with having seven children, you decided to homeschool. I kind of want to set the base here because that's really where your, your, a lot of your passion started with education in your home within your four walls.
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, we, I um, I think it's important to say, just like with having seven children, I never started out like, I think I'll have, you know, uh, I think I'll homeschool my kids. Actually, I was the anti-homeschooler. I could not understand why a woman in her right mind would want to uh, homeschool her kids when a yellow bus come take it away for free, right? And you could have, you know, the whole rest of the day to yourself, go to the lawn, you know, go get your, get your laundry, <laughs> and actually stay done, clean up your house, actually stay clean. Um, And I really, uh, I had no intention so of doing funny. it. Until our daughter, our our oldest daughter, I put her in a public school in a little town called um, Canby, Oregon. So we lived in Oregon. My husband uh, worked in the in the state capitol there. And I put her in school. And I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I re- I was starting to realize, man, she's gone all day long. Like the school bus comes like 730 in the morning and drops her back off at about four o'clock in the afternoon. And I was okay yeah. with it because that's how I grew up, right? That we, we kind of do what we are used to doing. And so there was a point in which I just remembered um, my my second oldest daughter, who's also now nearly 30 she followed her sister out to the school bus one day and she came in maybe a few minutes later and she was crying. She was like, mom, you know, Savannah said I was too little and she just want me hanging around. And this little mama bear inside me was like, oh no, no, no. Like you're not talking to your sister that way. And so I put her newborn baby brother in the back of my minivan and I, I strapped Sierra into her car seat and I followed that school bus, like through the hills of Wilsonville, Oregon. And the whole time I'm doing that, I could just hear the Lord, like, Maybe, you know, if you'd listen to me, you wouldn't be chasing a a school bus through the hills of Wilsonville, Oregon in your pajamas, you know? So uh, uh, shortly after that, um, I tried to get Sierra into that same public school. She missed the cutoff by a couple of weeks. So I made the fatal mistake of going down to a homeschool supply store. I said, listen, I'm not interested in homeschooling. I think you people are crazy. I just need a book to pass the time so that, you know, so that she's got something to do before I put her in school. And they gave me a book called Teacher, Tell to Read in 100 Easy Lessons. And I started started reading to her 20 minutes a day. And in about a week and a half, I was absolutely hooked. I realized I am accomplishing with her in 25 minutes a day what it's taking the school system, uh, seven hours a day, five days a week, nine months a year to accomplish Wow, and at that point I began, and I started, you know, pretty soon, you know, I've got the 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 alphabet, you know, across the across the wall <laughs> in the dining room, and then I started putting right. up the, posters of the presidents. I mean, to be fair, only the ones that I love, but I was putting up the posters of the presidents and. You know, and I started teaching. And it my just kids.
0: happens, right? Oh it just it, and
1: I loved it, and I loved it, and I and I realized they lied to me. They told me I couldn't do this without a teaching certificate, right. and you're doing it. And not only am I doing it, but I'm loving it, and my daughter's thriving. And uh, we never look back. The rest of our kids have all been homeschooled.
0: So now, your journey with homeschooling—you really you started helping other moms, discussing it a lot. Um, what what's the advice that you're giving moms in today's age? Today now, today's culture, because it's different than it was a year ago, two years ago, three right, Heidi? It's like out uh, educational systems out of control.
1: What well, are you telling
0: moms now besides the fact that they can do it like you did? Well,
1: I, I I want them to know that education is the front line of the culture war. Like if you want to know where the war is the, the where the fighting is the most fierce, mm-hmm. where the danger is the most prevalent. Yeah. It is the education system. And I think the more parents can understand that, you know, I think I told you, my analogy always is, listen, you would never send your kid to the front line of any war. If you knew there was something happening, like I don't live that far from downtown Portland, Oregon, right? I would never send my kids into downtown Portland. Like that's right. just insane, Right. But we send our kids, you know, we, we pack them a lunch and we pat them on the head. We say, have a great day. And we put them on a bus and that bus literally shuttles those kids to the front lines of the culture war five days a week where their hearts and minds are absolutely being assaulted. And then they come home and we've got what, you know, an hour and a half before they they're too tired to talk anymore. And so we get, get them dinner and send them to bed. The next day we do it all over again. We send our kids to the system for 12 years in a row. Yeah. And then they come out and we don't recognize them and we don't know why, it's because their hearts and their minds are literally being altered by a system that is hell-bent on pushing an ideology to children. Yeah. And that's what parents need to know. This is the front line of the culture war, pushed by the National Educators Association, one of the worst and most corrupt unions in the entire nation. And it's in our schools, like a cancer. And if yeah. you thought that there was a virus with a 99.9% survival rate in the school, what would you do? Oh, right. we know. We just learned we'd keep our kids home. Well, there is a virus in the schools with a 99.9% spiritual and mental mortality rate, and it's not a joke. And this is happening. And so I keep telling parents, "Listen, the Titanic is sinking. At what point are you going to stop polishing the brass and just get your kids off the ship?"
0: Wow. Well, we could probably just end the whole podcast right there because, wow, <laughs> what a great, what a great wrap up, what a great challenge, and it it is a spiritual battle because. The world, the, the culture has, has taken, they have come into our homes and decided they're going to take over our kids on every 100%. level. Yeah. And, and they're unabashed about it. They are just so bold. They're so brazen about it. Yeah. Um, speaking of the, the spiritual side to this, you then have a very powerful ministry to moms. Uh, how did that come out? Did that come out of the homeschooling, or did you just feel God was moving you? I guess it goes hand in hand, right? Homeschooling, the home ministry. That's what we do. We, we help yeah. moms on every level.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think that there's a, there's a call, at least for women like me on the front lines of this thing. I think the call is to say that you are who God says you are. Yeah. God has created women to be nurturers. Uh, we're yeah. nurturers by nature and the feminist move. What are we on like 15th wave feminism now? You know uh, how much more damage can they possibly do You know, to tell us that if we want to have a career, we need to we need to abort our children uh, and to lie to us. And that's what they've been doing. And I believe that uh, Christians, the church especially, has done an abysmal job of educating women. And so uh, I started an organization called MomStrong International. It's now called Faith That Speaks. But it's really uh, aimed at helping women know the Bible and know God's word and know who they are, because really we're having an, an identity crisis in the United States, right? We have a national identity crisis. You know, sure are we socialist? Are we communists? Are we patriots? What are we? And uh, we're having an identity crisis spiritually. We're having an identity crisis as men and women when men can can be can can uh, say that they're women and we don't, you know. We don't freak right. out. we just go, Oh, okay,
0: right? We it, accept it, it's tolerance, it's right? Just... Which is a lie, it's just a
1: lie. And I like to tell women that the only answer to a bold lie is bold truth. Yeah. And so, I'm committed to speaking bold truth. I speak to audiences all over the country. Uh, I have another book, I think it's my 10th book that releases this fall from Tyndale called Mom Strong 365. I and uh, I want to see moms uh, flourish in their God-given roles as nurturers, whether that's that you have a children and get married or whatever it is, God sees you as a nurturer. What does that look like? If your faith found its voice, what would it say? If your faith found its feet, where would it take you? Uh, To ask women those questions and then uh, assume the identity that the Lord of Heaven's army says belongs to them by virtue of their birth. And so getting back to that uh, is just incredibly important to me.
0: Oh, I love what you're doing because you really do address that intersection of faith and culture, yes. Um, because really, that's where we are as moms, right? We're teaching our faith, we're praying with our children, and then we're trying to figure out how to teach them to to be in this culture. Us too, you yes. know. We talk so much about our kids and the culture. What about us as moms? Like you're just talking about, you know, the the attack on on, on being a mother, right? Um, you know, feminism. You know, if you want to enjoy being a woman, you have to forego everything about motherhood, and that's just the live, the live from the pit of hell, yeah. because it is what we do. It is our greatest thing that we can do. If God allows us to have children, uh, what, what about the country right now? Um, I know you're seeing this because like you said, you're speaking all across the country, yeah. living in the world, but we're not of this world. Um, how are you encouraging moms or what are you sharing with moms about this culture and yeah. how to, how to handle it?
1: Yeah, well, I think the first thing that we need to realize as moms, as women, is that there are only two kingdoms in this world right? Mm-hmm. There's the kingdom of of, the, of God and the kingdom of the evil one. And you're yeah. either for God or you're against him. That's what the Bible clearly and boldly declares. And so the public school system is a wonderful example. It has said, it's, if it's not for God, which it isn't, right? We all can agree right. that the public school system is not for God. Well, according right. to God's word, if you're not for God, you're against him. And so I'm I'm trying to just delineate the spiritual battle because once you understand it's good versus evil, it's dark versus light, this translates into every area of your life. It translates into education, obviously. Obviously, it translates into entertainment. Hello. Yeah. Uh, I and mean, how evil is Hollywood, right? right? And it translates into our government and into our politics. When I mean, we just watched a couple of days ago, or I didn't for very long, because it made me sick to my stomach, the National White House Correspondence Dinner, where these people basically just parading around. Uh, they look at the American people like serfs. They really, really do. Mm-hmm. This elitist class that has set itself against God, because you're either for him or you're against. Him and they have set themselves against God and the political sphere is on yeah. fire right now and it is moms are needed unfortunately yeah. uh moms are needed we're needed on the front lines of this thing and uh and I don't it's not enough anymore for uh, for us to just talk about these things we've got to put feet to our faith we've got to be willing to stand and do the hard thing you know i've been going to school board meetings for since before it was cool. <laughs> uh, a long long time for years and uh, trying to stand in the gap here in Washington state against conference of sex education. yeah. and I you know testified in front of state legislatures and talked about what's happening to our children but it requires courage. It requires yeah. courage and you cannot stand up against you know once you understand it's light versus dark you realize you're in a spiritual battle and I think this is why over and over in the bible like over 300 times we're exhorted. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. And my grandmother used to tell me, Heidi, you can do anything. Just do it afraid. And I think, uh, I think mom, that. that I think we need to hear it because we can't pass on to our kids what we don't have. So we want our, we want our kids to stand and be uh, courageous. Well, if we're not standing and be courageous, uh, standing up and being courageous first, they're going to have a hard time themselves.
0: That's right. And they learn by example, right? Whatever Same every day, right? Lord Jesus, help us be the best example that we can help, help us to inspire our children and, and just help them in their, just to be who we should be, who we're hoping they can be, right? right. We should be that example. We should, we're not perfect. Lord knows mothers are, are, you know, are just trying to do their best, but we can be who God has called us to be. Speaking of courageous, I just want to mention this. Uh, This was a quote from you. It says, Um, I can no longer sit on the sidelines and hope that our elected officials will begin to reflect the values and freedoms of the people who elected them. Mm -hmm. With my family by my side, I've decided it's time to step out, serve, and lead. There is no time to lose, fighting for the soul of our country. You're gonna fight for the soul of our country. You ran for Congress, Mm -hmm. homeschooled your kids, still are homeschooling your kids, writing books, doing ministry, and you felt like God now not only said, that's good, but here's something else, Heidi, for you. And moms are doing this across the country. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's time. I mean, there's no time to lose. I mean, you read that back. It's been, you know, two and a half years since I wrote that statement or two years and uh, it still brings- and You ran for Congress,
0: impact. yeah. I
1: did. Yeah, and it, it, was, uh, it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. You hear about how hard it will be. It's impossible to understand it until you see your name splashed across the the front page of the newspaper, and people are calling you liars and following you. And uh, I mean, we had—I mm-hmm. think our race, uh, according to one of the biggest newspapers in the nation, the race here in Washington State for Congress was one of the worst in the nation in terms of the mm-hmm. uh, just the vicious nature of it. I happened to get into a race with—it uh, was terrible. It was—it was literally terrible. And you got to remember, this is a Republican primary, right? <laughs> And, and the Republicans are eating their own. It's shameful. It's shameful. And we have not, we're, we're not asking the right questions. We're not vetting people appropriately. Uh, Listen, I voted for President Trump. I voted for him in in 2016. I stumped for him uh, in 2020. But just because President Trump endorses somebody doesn't mean that we should all just lay down our own discernment and go, well, whatever Trump says, that's what we're going to do. We've got to start speaking and thinking for ourselves, doing our homework, figuring out what is the history of the people that are running? Do they have a history of voting for conservative values? Do they really, really believe what they're saying or are they saying it to get on Fox News? These are the questions that we have to be asking. And if we want to change in this country, I mean, it's a spiritual battle. I honestly right. think without without a true revival, we're not gonna see real systemic good change. And we might see it temporarily, but we're always gonna revert back because these are heart issues, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, they're heart issues. And we know that revival won't come before repentance. So that's mm-hmm. the very first thing is repentance. We do what David did. Lord, search my heart, try me, see if there's anything that's in my life that doesn't bring you glory or is in my way of doing the thing that you want me to do. And then after that, we've got to ask God for wisdom. James said, if any of you lacks it, you can ask it of him. He gives it to you generously without holding back. And yet what I saw for the two years I ran for Congress was a lack of discernment on a, a spectacular level. It, it was yeah. unbelievable to me mm-hmm. uh and so i ran against uh unfortunately ended up running against trump's endorsement uh, and that yeah, wasn't that's that's tough it's tough it's tough but shoot fire i almost won you yeah. know so <laughs> up, up against uh trump's endorsement and of course then tucker carlson uh followed suit when i tried to get on the show with them they said you can't come on the show it, it was just amazing to me because trump said something and everyone was like oh i guess that's what we're doing mm. and so up against tucker carlson i can't get on fox news now i can't get the airtime that my opponent is getting and we still almost pulled it off and wow. uh, and i and i kept oh, thinking gosh. i kept thinking man lord why did you why did you ask me to run to lose you know you, you don't run to lose you run to win But I think that I did win in a lot of ways. We got a lot of people off the bench and onto the battlefield. A lot of people, I I would say 85% of the people that were um, volunteering for my campaign have never been involved in a political campaign. Uh, And so we've opened the eyes of a lot of people. And I think we're going to continue to see more ordinary people. This country was built and made for ordinary people, ordinary moms and dads to run for office and serve for a time and then come back to their families. It was never made for this career elite class. These career politicians, these elitists Mm -hmm. are frankly disgusting human beings. I'm sorry, but they are. And they're they're driving this country into the ground. It will require good people, uh, people of conscience, uh, not perfect people because there aren't any perfect people, but Uh, I think that God's people belong in every sphere of influence, and that includes running for Congress. And it is—it's changed me forever, uh, mm-hmm. and my, my family too. We came out on the other side because people sometimes, how do you know? It was the Lord. Listen, I—I I don't know, you know, a lot about a lot of things, but I know the sound of His voice, and I know, right. I know that we walked in obedience. And one of the ways that I know it, even now, is that we came out on the other end of that thing and our marriage was stronger our family was stronger under after all of that after all of the the lies and the abuse and the you know 7 hours or 7 days a week of never getting a break wow. uh, we came out of it okay and mm-hmm. it's because we walk in obedience it doesn't mean it's going to be easy right but we're called to we're called to do something like i like moms to know listen you're not here for no reason God nice. has you here for this time in human history. Right. This is your Esther moment. This is your time to say, Lord, send me yeah. what do you want me to do. And I really do believe, and this is why we started Faith That Speaks. I really do believe that if faith would find its feet in this generation, if faith would find its voice, mm. we Amen. would see change. But right. that is where it has to start.
0: Well, you know that when you step out, you always encourage other people. And like you're saying, you have no idea, Heidi, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here of who you affected, who you inspired, you know, what stones you turned over, who who will follow your footsteps and who knows, we, we don't know what God's doing in the future with you. And, and we're, we're all on this journey, right? It's really about the journey that God calls us to, whether it, it, it's a win and the world's win, it's a win because of him it's because he's called us. Mm. So thank you. Thank you for putting, putting your, uh, you know, your, 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 your fist fist out there and saying, I'm not going to just let everyone step all over our kids, step all over our country. I am going to fight. So thank you for that. When you talk about the church and about the spiritual uh, situation of the country, it is revival. It is what, um, Lord come quickly, Lord heal this land because yeah. it, it, it's there. It it's, being taken over by demonic forces and, and we have to be out about our father's business. And that's mm-hmm. what you're doing with your ministry. Do you think that, are you seeing some hope with this culture? Are you, do you feel like we're losing the battle, uh, mm-hmm. the culture battle, the spiritual battle? I, I know that's kind of a, a crazy question to ask because we know who wins in the end, but, but sometimes I, sometimes I wake up and I go, mm, we're not going to win. And then other days I'm going, Oh, we are going to win. I remember yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Well, we know that that at the end, we know we've read to the end of the book, right? We That's know that right. God wins, but we also know things are going to get very, very dark. Yeah. And I I think it's important for us to remember this isn't about winning; it's about obedience. Right. So it's not about uh you know whether or not we come out victorious. It's about fighting for what we know is right and standing up for what we know is right. If Dietrich Bonhoeffer had thought I'm doing this to win, he would never have gone to the gallows. Right, Right. And think of all the people that have lost their lives, you know, standing up for what's right, doing what is right. Uh, I was talking to my friend, Mike Ferris, about this a few um, months ago, because, uh, you know, uh, on the heels of that run for Congress, I was so physically and emotionally depleted and I was so disillusioned, you know, just I was disappointed beyond disappointed in what I saw in the conservative movement. I mean, I was in upper level meetings, listening to people talk about how we need to soften the language on abortion, soften the language on homosexuality. They want to blend in with the world. And that's not the answer. No,
0: it's not. (laughs) Not, It's
1: not the answer. And to hear this in high level meetings in the Republican party, I just was like, oh my word, we're, we just give up. This is so dumb. And Mike said, what's the surest way, Heidi, to lose a fight? It's to not show up. It's to give up. We never give up. We never stop fighting. We never retreat. We never mm-hmm. stop telling the truth. And if we lose, we lose. But we're going to at least lose a standing on our feet. We're going to at least <laughs> lose with the truth coming out of our that's mouth. Right. At
0: least and touch it. right? Yes.
1: And the Republican Party needs to understand something. I hope your listeners hear this loud and clear. We keep talking about election fraud in this country. And I'm not saying there hasn't been election fraud, but that's not the problem. We're losing elections because we've lost the culture. Culture. That is the problem. And you notice the Republicans don't whine and complain when they win. They only whine and complain when they lose. They whine and complain when they lose. And somehow that's election fraud. When we win, nobody wants to say, well, gosh, I can't believe that must be election fraud, right? We got to get the messaging correct. And so I'm not saying that we shouldn't that we shouldn't watch very carefully what happens at the voting booths and all that, of course, very, very important. But what we have to be having is conversations about what's happening in our education system that is cranking out by the hundreds of thousands every year kids who hate this country and they don't value freedom. they don't value freedom they don't understand freedom they never had to fight for it they look at what they call what they think is a socialist utopia and for 12 years in the public school system and another four in our public universities those terrible ideas that are antithetical to the founding of this nation are pounded into the heads of our students and then get out and they vote for leftists and we scratch our heads and go boy this is super weird must be voter fraud no we've lost the culture we've lost the culture we've we've lost the messaging we've lost our universities Pay attention to what is happening on our university's campuses. Pay attention to what our kids are learning. You ask a kid these days on the street here in Portland, Oregon, uh, tell me about George Washington. What are they going to say? Are they going to say, oh, he's the founding father of the country? No, they're going to say, well, he was a racist slave owner. Right. Because that's yeah. what they've been taught. And, and that's what they believe. And so mm-hmm. unfortunately, what makes them dangerous is they think they're on a righteous mission because mm-hmm. that's what they've been taught. We've got to do a better job of uh, getting the narrative out of freedom. Yeah. Of freedom. And uh, until we can do that, this is why uh, places like Patriot Academy. Right. Are so important. This is why I love the work of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. This is why mm-hmm. I'm championing and, uh, and praying and, uh, and cheering on moms for America.
0: Yes, we are. We are teaching about freedom all the time. And, you know, just yes. So you know, Heidi and our listeners, we have a whole initiative that we released this year calling Restoring Patriotism in every home all across America. Yes. A clarion call to moms to restore patriotism and teach the principles of liberty in their home with their children and combat the culture, teach them the truth, help them to be warriors and understand the greatness of America. America's not perfect parents aren't perfect but we live in the land of the free and we are so forever grateful for that and that's what we're doing and thank you for speaking that true um to everyone because if we don't catch the culture uh, if they don't catch it then it's lost right, right. america's gone
1: well, Thomas Jefferson called them the rising generation, right. and he was the one who said we we must teach the principles of freedom to the rising generation. And we yes. had a, a fundraiser here a couple of weeks ago. My husband and I have started uh, probably the first of its kind homeschool resource center anywhere in the nation. We've got about sixteen hundred students here right now, and we're looking to plant them all over the country. And we I had love it. Oh man, girlfriend, you need to come out here and, and look at what we're doing. It'll it'll make you weep for joy. But we we had a fundraiser and uh and I, I was listening to the speakers that were there and particularly listening to Mike Ferris, who said, listen, this next generation, if we don't teach them the principles of freedom,
0: yeah,
1: there will be no turning this around. And I, I do think I do think, not to be a you know, Debbie Downer, but I do think hard times are ahead of us. Yeah. Uh um, I, I, you can see it. You see the handwriting on the wall. Absolutely, we saw it in COVID. This terrible uh, overreach of the federal government and our overreach of state governments, who are wildly outside of their jurisdiction. And today's citizenry, the uh, the average citizen doesn't understand jurisdiction. They don't understand the founding of the country. We've not done a good job of educating them. It took us years to get into this mess. It's going to take us years to get out and it will take strong men and women who want to engage in the fight for freedom in order to start to take back ground. And it starts here in the condition of my heart. What is the condition of my heart? Because I can't give what I don't have. And that's what's wrong with all these politicians. Uh, All all these these corrupt individuals that are sitting in our state and our federal governments who this part is off. And if that part's off, Uh, nothing is going to change itself. So we need to be doing a better job of starting in our own hearts, in our own homes, in our own communities and branching out from there.
0: And, you know, today I'm just, yes and amen to everything that you're saying, obviously, but today I was thinking too, I think some parents, I want to get your take on this. They kind of like are raising their kids to be moral. You know, they're raising their kids to be good, to be kind, but what they don't understand is they're raising them on the Ten Commandments. They're raising them on God's forgiveness, His love, His salvation, the the world that He created. I mean, they're sidestepping Christianity and God's foundation in their family, and they're trying just to adopt the principles. Right. But we have to have revival. I'm just was thinking about today. We're like, yeah, you're raising your kids on good morals, but you're really. You don't know it, but you're raising them on the Ten Commandments. You know, we're, we're sidestepping the foundation of Christ in our homes through, through America, and it, there has to be revival. Has oh, to be man.
1: It's so important that you say that because I think every Christian mom, especially needs to hear this. This is the entire uh, premise behind my Bible study, uh, faith that speaks every single month. We do a brand new study there because I'm recognizing, you know, if we raise our kids to be moral, it's not enough right. <laughs> because, it's the, because the Bible teaches us that the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? So we have to know, okay, if, if my righteousness is as filthy rags before the Lord, then I know I need the forgiveness that comes from Christ alone. And then I build on, Lord, let my life be pleasing to you. If all our lives are is to be immoral, mm-hmm. then when there's a real crisis, that morality is not going to stand up at the end of the day. We have mm-hmm. to know why we're doing what we're doing. It's not enough just to, just to try to be good. We we recognize that we lean into the to the power of God in our lives, and we say, "Lord, help me do the thing that I can never do on my own. I can never be good on my own, yeah. right?" That's what that's what uh, we realize when we come to when we come to Christ. Right? We're like, "Wow, shoot fire! That's I need, I need a savior." Right. And so once you have that, that that's deep in your heart and Christian moms everywhere, I mean, we've done the church for so long. We co-opt with our children, right? And this is what we've done in the education system. Parents drop their kids off the education system. We say, okay, you do this job. Then we drop them off at church and we tell the pastor, okay, you do that job. But right. according to the Bible, it's our job. Yeah. It's not the pastor's job, not the school, right. not my math teacher's job. It's my job as the mother of my children mm-hmm. to pass on what Psalm 78 says. Is a, is a command from the Lord that we teach our children so they can teach their children. So they teach the children yet to be born so that they in turn would tell their children yes. about the goodness of God. That's four generations, moms, that your faithfulness will impact. It's four generations. So we got to stop co-opting it. Stop giving it to the schools and giving it to your pastor and giving it to the parsonage and start taking back the responsibility that God says is yours and your husband's alone.
0: Amen, sister. I am like, I am, I am going to church here today. I'm inspired. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying yes and amen. And I needed this today too, Heidi. So thank you um, because it is, it is a struggle. And I know you, you need it too. We all need each other. We need to be praying and I still lifting have a each trouble, other. Girl, you can pray for me. I mean, I, 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 I listen. you know, the, 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 the tough thing for
1: me, I think at this stage in my life is to finish well right? Yeah. So anybody can start Run the race. Yes. Hard to finish strong. Like yeah. we can all start strong when our outfit looks great, you know, and, and the spandex is still nice and stretchy. You get to the end of that road. Yeah. And the, and the prayer becomes, Lord, help me get to the, Help me finish. Well, help me finish strong. Um, yes. and I, you know, moms need to hear that And it, it, it's not enough to start strong. We need each other through every step of the way, every step until we step foot in
0: heaven. Uh, we need each other. That's for sure. That's, that's for sure. right. Well, let's highlight your website. So moms can find all about everything that you have to offer them. Would you let us know what that is? I've, I've missed my papers here. So I want to make sure. Is it Heidi? Heidi? Yes.
1: Just HeidiStJohn.com. And I mean, honestly, if they just Google my name, I'm lit up like the Chrysler building, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, on the interwebs. But I I tell people, if you're interested in the Homeschool Resource Center, um, check it out. It's called Firmly Planted Family is the name of the nonprofit organization, the Firmly Planted wow. Homeschool Resource Center. And uh, we we have to start creating educational arcs as the waters of wokeism rise in the culture. Mm -hmm. uh, We need to start building arcs to put our families onto. And the Homeschool Resource Center is an arc. Here, uh, the waters are rising, and Mm -hmm. so I believe God's going to call this generation to build something. And uh, we build refuge for our children. We're building a refuge for families, and so I hope people will check that out too. Firmly Planted Family, the Homeschool Resource Center. Uh, it's an amazing, extraordinary thing that God's called us to. Also, I have a podcast. Uh, it's coming up on 20 million downloads. It airs five days a week. Oh, nice! Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's called uh, Off the Bench. Surprise! Off the Bench with uh, with Heidi St. John, just trying to get people off the bench and onto the battlefield. And my new book, Mom's Run 365, is coming out this August from Tyndale. So a lot, a lot going on.
0: That's right. Well, between Moms for America and Heidi St. John, we're going to have everything Come covered. On. Really good. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last comments, get off the bench and into the battlefield. What what, what are you going to leave our mamas with? I, I can't wait to hear this wrap up.
1: Oh, I, I think it's just so important. You guys know, you don't have to be afraid. Greater is he who is in you. than he who is in the world. Once we learn to live free of fear, which the Bible says is a spirit, right? What was Paul's exhortation to Timothy? He said, Hey Timothy, Timothy, getting ready to take his place on the battlefield. Paul wrapping up his life. He was about to say that he'd been poured out like a drink offering and he's Mm -hmm. training up young Timothy. And he says, Timothy, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. And if you remember that fear is a spirit, and that it has no authority in the life of a Christian, then you can learn to be obedient to the call that God has on your life, regardless of the situation, regardless of the political atmosphere, regardless of what happens uh, in your local and state jurisdictions. God has a call on your life. Walk it out fearlessly. And I think God's going to do some extraordinary things.
0: Amen. Well, we've got some courageous moms that are listening today who just know and understand that God has called them to motherhood. And Mm -hmm. um, on the days that it's tough are the days that they rise up and they know that God is with them and he will sustain them and let them just raise that next generation love their kids and love their family. It's the best thing any of us can do. So thank you, Heidi, so much for joining us and um, all that you're doing there between schooling and ministry and politics. We so appreciate your bold, strong, courageous voice, mama. Thank you so much. We love what you guys are doing. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Heidi. Well, you could see why we are just great fans of heidi so thank you heidi thank you for being so courageous and thank you for being such a mom warrior we love you uh all righty so for moms if you need some help like we just talked about with heidi i do want to make sure that you stop by our moms for america.us our website we have amazing information for you resources events all kinds of programs for you uh and when you're there make sure you sign up for our newsletter That's how we can connect with you and keep you up to date on everything that we're doing here at Moms for America. Like we talked about with Heidi, we have got to be teaching the principles of liberty to our kids, right? We have to be training them. We have to be teaching them about America, about our history, about our foundation, uh, about our freedom. So I want to tell you about our cottage meetings. And I know that you absolutely love these. This is our signature Program And it's called the cottage meetings. You can find that on our website. Again, like I mentioned, these 12 lessons will inspire and educate you on the principles of liberty so you can share them in your home, talk about America's greatness and um, really bring them into your community. A lot of moms actually, after going through uh, the cottage meeting, have run for office or have run for school board or have just really made an impact in their community. This program, along with many of our other programs on our website, will really help you in your journey through motherhood. So please go ahead, check out the Cottage Meeting, and check out all of our programs on momsforamerica.us. We have a lot of resources just for you. Also, if you have any questions or topics or uh, anything you'd like to suggest, would you please email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net. I would love to hear from you. All right, moms. We say this every week. We believe that liberty begins at home within your four walls, and that moms, you are truly the heartbeat of America. That's why this movement is so powerful because it is of mom. It's because of moms just like you, because of moms like Heidi, uh, because of moms are in our church in in our community we are helping to save America and we are raising the next generation. And that's what makes Moms for America so powerful. That's what makes motherhood so incredible. Again, please share this uh, with your moms in your circle, like, subscribe, share uh, this podcast with all your mama friends. And uh, please join us next week because every week we have inspiring stories, informative discussions with moms uh, that are here to inspire you. We love you moms. I want to say that I haven't said that in a while, but we really do love you. And we are here to to just be a friend and to be an inspiration and to be an encourager. So let's keep changing our world one home at a time. And I will see you next week.